Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MYTV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MYTV. That's 877-499-MYTV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MYTV. That's 877-499-MYTV. Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101. This is the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today's show is going to be extra, extra special. Not just special, <laughs> not extra special, but extra, extra special right. because of our guest. Who's going to be coming on in the second segment? Yeah, we've got one of the uh, leading uh, executives in the National Basketball Association, the guy who is the team president of the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions, Rick Welts. And it's an interesting story. I've known Rick off and on since 1979. Oh wow! So our association is kind of loose. We don't we don't know each other super well. But I he actually credentialed me for the NBA Finals back in 1979 when I was working in Portland, and he was the PR director of the Seattle SuperSonics. How about that? That's awesome. In fact, yeah. wasn't 79? That was like a famous year, wasn't that uh, when? Uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird came out? Uh, they came out. They were actually drafted uh, for the 1979-80 season, yeah. Yeah. So it was after the 78-79 season. I kept hearing that they, they saved basketball. Well, you know, yeah. in some respects, they, they changed basketball. I don't know if they saved they, it, but they certainly changed it. <laughs> All right. At each commercial break, we're going to be asking a sports trivia question. We're giving away vacations uh, to the first email with the correct answer. Um, and the vacation's free. Uh, the only request is a $100 cleaning fee to cover the housekeeping expenses. And, and where is the vacation taking It list? is at Lighthouse Resort and Marina, yeah. located about one hour northeast of San Francisco. Today's trivia theme is going to be interesting. It's going to be Odd Sports facts oh i like that that'll be kind of fun so when uh, we come back we're going to have rick welts on and i want to ask him a few questions about you know main factors to the warriors success and you know drafting and curry's humility and comments on the new stadium um and by the way you know i was going to ask him also because i'm not sure how this fits in the staff at oracle is extremely Great. <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. So far cry from, I, and I don't like. I don't want to get Rick into talking about the old, uh, you know, yeah. front office because it wasn't a very good one. But boy, they are a they, much better. They're front really office good. Than okay, the old one. Yeah. stay with us. You're listening listening to Sports Econ 101, and we're going to be right back. Mm-hmm. 
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. At the Capitola Hotel, our boutique rooms feature free Wi-Fi, luxurious towels and linens, a mini-fridge, ceiling fans, and organic bath products. Each morning, the lobby is beautifully set with a continental breakfast, and each afternoon boasts an elegant display of cookies, tea, and coffee. Our quaint courtyard with tranquil fountains, fireplaces, and flowering foliage is the perfect setting to enjoy our services or just relax as the stress of the world melts away. Please call to make a reservation, 877-705-7377. Mention that you heard about us on one of Edward Brown's radio programs, The Best of Investing, or Sports Econ 101, at the time of your reservation, and receive a 10% discount. The Capitola Hotel in Capitola, California. CapitolaHotel.com, 877-705-7377. Sports Byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barr, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline Interview Library so that today's sports fans and those in the future will forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone with us? Well, we got Rick Welts, who's the president of the Golden State Warriors, and Rick is really one of the fast-rising executives in the NBA. Uh, started his career as, believe it or not, a ball boy back in the 1970s with the Seattle Supersonics, rapidly moved up through the ranks, became the PR director. As a matter of fact, I was just telling Rick, I was just telling uh, Edward a story, and you won't remember this, but when I was 26 or 27, I was working in Portland, Oregon, and I came up and co- uh, covered a couple of the NBA Finals when you guys were playing the Washington, then the Washington Bullets. And you were the guy that uh, credentialed me for, uh, for the playoffs. And then the next year, I moved to Seattle, worked for KBR Radio. And your sister, Nancy, was the PR director. You moved up into the higher ranks. But, uh, boy, those were f- some fun years with the Sonics. I remember Dennis Johnson and Gus Williams and worked with John Johnson on KBR Radio. And we had a great time with Jack Sikma. What a, that must have been a lot of fun. 
It was incredible. You know, before there was Microsoft or Amazon, uh, it was really the Sonics, the first uh, Major League professional sports team uh, that put Seattle on the map. And, uh, you know, those were those were some great teams and some great years. Yeah, I guess the Mariners never, yeah, you know, they had Ken Griffey Jr., but eh, couldn't took a, quite took make a, it. Took them a while yeah. to get going, didn't it? But you guys, and that's, to me, I don't want to get off on a tangent about the about the Seattle NBA situation, but, Rick, to me, when the Sonics left Seattle, I just thought that was wrong. I don't know how you felt, because I, I imagine you felt the same way. Well, let's see. We traded Vancouver and Seattle for Memphis and Oklahoma City. I'm just saying those are nice places, but uh, but I, I'm not sure our league took a giant step forward. And uh, for those of us who get to travel to those cities, but listen, Seattle uh, Seattle is destined to get another team. The problem we have right now is every team's doing really well, and I don't think the owners have an appetite for expansion. But uh, I do think that uh, the first the next team. Uh, the NBA grants or moves will uh, will end up in Seattle. I, hope I, mean, so. I mean, you got to figure that you know it's a, Seattle's a large enough market, and you're talking about a um, you know an indoor sport. So you know, so with Seattle's weather, you know, you got to figure that basketball team's got to come back. No, it's it's uh, it's a great market for NBA basketball. It's a great market for sports where I grew up, and uh, so I'm probably not completely objective, but. Uh, you know the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder left behind uh, all everything really related to the Seattle Sonics, which is housed currently in the uh, in a museum at the University of Washington. But uh, I'm looking forward to the day it can all get dusted off and a new team can play in there. I got to ask you about your your duties now because you're you're running the front office now. Obviously. Um, you're, you're not running so much the basketball operations, and you know you're making decisions on who gets traded. But you're helping to negotiate contracts. You're setting up the new arena. I mean, there's a lot of stuff involved in your everyday duties. Can you just kind of give us an overview of what it's like running the front office of an NBA franchise? You know, it's funny. I was showing a, a 40-year-old television talk show. Uh, that I had kept the recording of to our staff last week because uh, I wanted to kind of emphasize to them how the NBA has changed. In that, I was talking about our 15-person front office uh, at the Sonics, and today we have over 200 people who <laughs> work here every day to uh, uh, do everything from sell tickets, manage our broadcasts, uh, deal with our corporate partners, create the game experience you see, at Oracle Arena, uh, do our community work, our foundation, uh, our media relations. It goes on and on and on. So, you know, the the level of sophistication of a professional sports franchise today doesn't bear much resemblance to uh, those teams we had back in the 70s. Now, how, mu- how much of this would would you attribute to, let's say, the Warriors' success? I mean, even five years ago, you probably had, you know, a, a really large staff. But, uh, you know, the fact that the Warriors are the, uh, the most uh, entertaining um uh, and successful, a, a successful team around right yeah. now. Uh, you know how much of it has to actually do with the Warriors per se. Well, I think uh, you know there was a culture of losing. Uh, everybody yeah. uh, prior to Joe Lacob and Peter Guber buying this team, everybody really uh, had an attitude that they came to work expecting to lose. Yeah, that, that was the basketball team, but also was the front office. Uh, you know that's not long-term ever going to achieve success. When Joe and Peter got here, um, you know, there was, a, there was a shift in expectations. And everybody who was here had the opportunity to embrace that, jump on board, and go along for the ride. But it was probably a good time for anybody who didn't really believe that could happen to, 
to part ways, and we probably turned over half the staff. We found some incredible gems within the organization who hadn't really been given the opportunity to excel, and we were able to go out, and I had the easiest recruiting job in the world hmm. to uh, go out and find the best of the best uh, in our industry and even some outside our industry to bring to the Warriors to try to build the organization that had an expectation that we could win championships. You know, uh, I don't think anyone expected it would happen quite this quickly, but uh, but we're sure happy it did. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned about the losing part because I was watching the game last night and I was thinking, I was literally thinking about this exact question. It's like, if this was, you know, 10 years ago, it would be, okay, how are they going to lose this one? <laughs> you know, and it was really frustrating. It was hard to watch a game knowing that. But, you know, now it's so much fun watching, you know, not, not just the talent, but the fact that, well, you, you figure know, they're going to win. I mean, yeah, they exactly. haven't lost a game. Rick, that kind of blows me away when you think about it. As we speak, now this show will air on the weekend, but by that time there will be a couple of games that have been played in the interim. There's the possibility the Warriors could go through the entire home season undefeated. As a matter of fact, going back to last year's middle of the home season, I mean, has what this team has done on the floor kind of boggled your mind sometimes? I, I think there's no one who could have ever predicted the success uh, that we've had as an organization, certainly on the court. Uh, you know, no team uh, in the NBA has ever gone an entire season without losing a regular season game at home. And you know, heading into the last couple of weeks of the season, we have two teams in the NBA, the San Antonio Spurs and the Warriors, who are sitting in that position. And we each happen to play each other at both locations, uh, two games over the course of the balance of the season. So that's going to be uh, an interesting thing to watch as the season winds down. You know, it kind of reminds me of 98 when uh, uh, both McGuire and Sosa were going for the record. <laughs> and then you picked the one year where they both happened to be happened yeah. to do it. So what do you, what do you attribute uh, the success, um, you know, specifically? What are the main factors you think are the success for the Warriors? Well, I don't think there's anyone in the NBA who would argue that the Warriors have the best home court advantage that exists in sports. Uh, even, you know, while missing the playoffs uh, in 16 out of 17 years, which is almost a mathematical impossibility, <laughs> realize over half the teams in the NBA miss exactly. the playoffs in any given season. But you know, through all those times, I mean, I was an observer from far away at that time, too, watching uh, the amazing atmosphere and crowd support that the Warriors enjoyed night after night after night, whether or not the team was successful or not. So that's at the top. Uh, second, you know, was really changing uh, the ex- that expectation of losing. And you really have to give uh, our former coach, Mark Jackson, yeah. a huge amount of credit. Uh, when he came in, uh, he's the one who really set the tone in the locker room and changed uh, a group of players from those who expected to lose to those who expected to win, and that has carried on uh, certainly under Steve Kerr's uh, stewardship last few seasons to a whole new level. Yeah, I kind of look at Mark Jackson as the type of guy, it's like, no, 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 uh, we don't lose around here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when he showed up and, and you guys had the press conference, and I thought, you know, this guy's saying all the right things, but, I mean, how good is he going to be? He's never had any head coaching experience, and my, my feeling was as a skeptical a reporter who'd been covering this team for 30, you know, off and on for 30 years, I was thinking, yeah, it was the same old Warriors, but obviously you're right. I mean, Jackson kind of lit a fire under these guys, and then Steve Kerr takes it to the to the next level. It's almost like, uh, you know, you guys had this master plan figured out ahead of time. Yeah, really. I, I don't know that it was a master plan. I think uh, the Steve Kerr hiring was a pretty educated guess. Uh, he, too, was a former great former player who was a broadcaster yep. who'd never coached a game before. I'd had the pleasure 
of working side by side with him uh, in Phoenix for three seasons when I was president of the Phoenix Suns and he was our general manager. And I knew if we were going to be lucky enough to get him here. Yeah. Well, he's got a great personality. Yeah. Oh, uh, Rick, Rick, stay with us. Uh, the station's letting me know we have to go to a quick commercial break here. Okay, here's our first commercial break trivia question. Odd sports facts. What is the biggest participant sports in the world? Hmm. All right? That's a good one. Okay, so the first email with the correct is answer. A, is this a team sport or a, it can be uh, a, Just any, anything. We'll, okay. we'll leave it open. Okay, okay. so what, what is the, the sport, the largest participation of, of people? It can't be recreational, though, can it? Well, it could, be, it could be, it could be any, anything sport-type okay. related, all right? All right. Uh, let, so, let Rick take a step. Yeah, that we'll, yeah, we'll let him answer when we come back. Okay, <laughs> okay. the first email with the correct answer is going to win that free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Uh, stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Attention catheter users. Stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month. All at little or no cost to you. We bill Medicare. Put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters. Just use a catheter once and throw it away. Eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork. Shipping is free. Receive a free catheter sample by calling and joining Medical Direct Club right now. Call 1-800-399-9018 to receive your free catheter sample discreetly delivered right to your door. That's 1-800-399-9018. 1-800-399-9018. Call 1-800-399-9018 today. Deductibles and copays apply. Free catheter samples require qualified membership. Sample will arrive with 90-day order. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question. What is the biggest participation sport in the world? You got a you got an answer on that one, Rick? I'm I'm stumped. Well, I can't imagine it's not what the rest of the world calls football. We call soccer, but that seems like too easy an answer. A- actually, it's fishing. Fishing. <laughs> I don't. Oh. I don't know if I call that a sport, but oh. it is. Okay. So well, that's uh, a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's sort of a trick question. Now we got Rick Welts on the phone, the president of the Warriors. I got to ask you, Rick. Uh, you you referred to Steve Kerr and the and the move to bring him aboard. I know that was a very tough decision to have to cut uh, ties with Mark Jackson. It was kind of unpopular with a lot of fans in the media because they thought, oh, my God, what are they doing? This guy got the team into the playoffs. But you really kind of lucked into falling, having Steve Kerr fall in your lap. And, and that whole uh, process of getting him aboard was not an easy one. I know that Bob Myers always talks about it as it's, it's almost serendipity. Everything just fell in, into place. Can you tell us how that, that whole sequence of events happened? Well, we were in the playoffs and uh, obviously had a coach that was coaching our team in Mark Jackson. The Knicks, uh, are of course, are the Knicks. So they weren't in the playoffs. And uh, Phil Jackson had been hired to resurrect uh, that franchise, and he picked Steve Kerr to run the team. And he uh, was in the midst of negotiating with Steve, and I think he, there was kind of a foregone assumption that he was going to take uh, the Knicks' head coaching job. And uh, then our season ended, and we did have an opportunity, made a decision uh, that we were going to make a move. And we were interviewing a couple of other coaches, and during one of those interviews, uh, we actually got a text from Steve saying, hey, you know, I'd be interested in talking. And the, the next day that meeting took place, and Steve came in with a binder that pretty much blew the whole team away in terms of the thought he put into how he would coach our team system he would play, the assistant coaches that he would bring in, what he saw as our opportunities personnel-wise. And I think at that point, uh, we'd made our decision. Unfortunately, uh, we're able to convince Steve. Boy, it wasn't easy, yes. though, because I know that when you, when you did bring him in, uh, there was some skepticism among the players themselves. They really liked Mark Jackson, but it, it sounds like uh, Steve Kerr just won them over so quickly. And now he's, he's even more popular than Jackson among the players. Yeah, I don't think you can spend anybody can spend time around Steve Kerr and not come away saying, "Wow, you know, I would like to hitch my wagon." Yeah. Well, he seems like he's always smiling. You know, like he, he's a he's a he's, he's, a, po- a, he's a positive he's po- person, yeah. which which counts for a lot, doesn't it, Rick? He is, and he he's got a remarkable personal story, and he's won five NBA championships uh, by playing with Michael Jordan, the Bulls, and Tim Duncan and the Spurs. But uh, he learned from the best coaches, and he's been a winner his whole life. Those are the kind of people you want to have uh, be at the center of your organization. So how, how much of, let's say, uh, Curry's humility uh, is, is contributing to the success? You know, because it seems like it's a very unselfish team. I think what people observe, it's hard to watch our team and not see there's kind of an infectious joy of playing the game. And there's a connection between the players, whether they're on the court or on the bench, that is uh, really uh, a special thing. And I think people sense that. They see it. Uh, and I think they, with the success, have seen players uh, grow as basketball players but really not change as people. And I think that's maybe the most extraordinary thing about Steph is that from the day he was a rookie till 
you know, his MVP and NBA championship today, the unquestioned face of the NBA, uh, he's the same guy. He's, he comes from a wonderful family. That's yeah. counts for a lot of it. Yep. Um, and I don't. I don't think he's somebody that you're going to ever look at and say, "Boy, I remember him when he was a nice guy." Because he's as nice a guy and as quality a person today as he was the day he set foot in the Warriors organization. Rick Welts is joining us. He's the president of the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champions, the best team in the NBA record-wise as we speak. And Rick, uh, an interesting thing is happening to the Warriors that people outside of the Bay Area may not be aware of. Of course, the Warriors franchise started in San Francisco, played most of the first ten years as a franchise in San Francisco, moved to Oakland, but now you're going to move back over to the west side of the Bay. And what's the latest on the uh, construction of a new downtown? I guess it's going to be along the waterfront, just south of the Giants ballpark uh, arena. And when when do you anticipate the, the club moving to San Francisco? Well, we're expecting uh, that to happen in, for the 2019 NBA season. We have a 12-acre site in Mission Bay uh, in San Francisco, and... We've cleared uh, through a lot of work over the last two and a half years all the regulatory hurdles. We've had our environmental impact report certified. Uh, we have one lawsuit on the project that we have to get resolved before that can happen. But we also have some legislative uh, direction to the courts uh, uh, that have directed the courts to, to be through with the initial case and the appeal within nine months, and we're about three months into that. So our hope is that this time next year we have a shovel in the ground and uh, complete the project about 26 months later. And it's not only a new 18,000-seat arena, but it's also uh, two office towers, 120,000 square feet of mostly restaurant retail, a uh, thousand below-grade parking places, a Rockefeller Center-sized uh, entry plaza, and it triggers the construction of a new five-and-a-half-acre park that's the only thing between the arena uh, and San Francisco Bay. Wow. And yeah. I don't think 18,000 seats is going to be enough. <laughs> yeah, well, it's actually smaller uh, and yeah. on purpose. We've designed it to be smaller than the current uh, Oracle Arena where we play now because we're trying to preserve every ounce of that intimacy and, and atmosphere that we have at Oracle. What's, what's great, I think, about what's happened to the Warriors, Rick, as, as a person who grew up here in the Bay Area, as an observer of this franchise and the history of this franchise, is that this team has really... As good as the San Francisco Giants have been, and give them credit, they've won three World Series championships. But the Warriors have really, I always felt if they won a championship, the whole Bay Area was going to celebrate because they're the one team that everybody can feel that is a part of their community. They well, represent remember, the Bay Area. Well, that's the thing. So you have two teams in football, two teams in baseball. And the hockey team, is as good as the hockey team is in south. terms of unifying, they're in the South Bay, and hockey is just not a... It's it's still popular, but it's not. It doesn't have the kind of widespread well, appeal. It's, it's basketball not a West has. Coast yeah. uh, type of sport. No, it isn't. And and so with that in mind, yeah. Rick, your 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 ball club has just. I have you know you walk around town and just talk to people on the street who are not really basketball fans, yeah. and they're talking about Steph Curry. They're talking about Draymond Green. That must be a wonderful thing as somebody who works in the front office to be a part of a franchise. It's the hottest thing you know since sliced bread. Well, it is a completely different experience than when I moved here five years ago, walking around uh, San Francisco today and seeing uh, as many people as you see in their, their Warriors hats or jackets. Uh, you didn't see that five years ago, and I, I agree with everything you said. I think you know, being the only uh, NBA team in the Bay Area gives us a unique opportunity that, uh, that allows fans to really rally around one team. 
So you're gonna, are you going to bring the entire staff, uh, uh, you know, all the all the vendors and everybody over to the new stadium? <laughs> well, no, it's inter- actually it's interesting you say that. We've entered into a lot of agreements uh, on the way to uh, to doing this project, and one of them is a, is a, a labor agreement that does allow uh, the employees of Oracle Arena, if they so choose, to transfer that employment to uh, to our new arena in San Francisco. Oh, that's great. That yeah. was an important thing for us to accomplish. Hey, I gotta uh, tell our listeners, Rick is being honored at a special banquet this week, and I know that it's a it's a big uh, you know plus for you and something you're very proud of. Tell us a little bit about that. What's that event all about? Uh, well, thank you. It's uh, it's very humbling. It's uh, the Anti Defamation League, which is uh, really the country's leading organization that fights uh, discrimination uh, wherever and whenever. Uh, it appears, and, and they're giving me their what they call their Torch of Liberty Award, which is the highest honor that they, they give away with someone they believe uh, represents the ideals of that organization. And we're going to have a great night at the Fairmont Hotel with 750 people that uh, are going to celebrate the, the work of the Anti-Defamation League. Steve Kerr is speaking about his very personal story about losing his father. Uh, Fascination at the American University in Beirut. Uh, very, very moving part of his story, and and uh, it's going to be a great evening. We've got friends and family from all over the country coming for what should be a lot of fun. Well, it's it's certainly nice to be able to celebrate not only championships but uh, you know well deserved recognition. And I know that you know working in the NBA all these years, uh, Rick, and we're talking with Rick Welts of the Warriors, the team president that you, you've watched this league develop and go through a lot of changes. And right now it just seems like we talked about Stephen Curry and, and Clay Thompson and the whole joyful vibe that this club has. It's palpable on the, on the court, and it almost really has transformed the game in some respects in that a lot of youngsters are looking at this and they're thinking, maybe this is the way to play basketball, the way that you, know, you and I and Edward, who are older, remember basketball yeah. being played when we were kids. Yeah, I get chills when you say that. I was Bruce Jenkins, uh, San Francisco Chronicle columnist, uh, story today who was saying just that. We're in the midst of a uh, of a real sea change in the way the game of basketball is being played, led by the Warriors and and led by Steph Curry. And the one of the one of the more remarkable things about this journey is seeing what's happening and visiting arenas around the country. Steph's pregame routine, which is incredibly disciplined uh, series of ball handling and shooting drills that he he conducts uh, which you for any other player is done all by themselves in the arena before the game starts we now have crowds showing up an hour and a half yeah. well you know what's great is is that it's it's turned it back into a family event you know the whole basketball thing it's not so much the bad boys you know the Detroit Pistons of the 80s and 90s you know that sort of thing well I think I think all of us, right, whoever played the game, you know, you can look at Steph, this little skinny guy, yeah. Curry, and you could almost imagine that you could do what he does. He's, he's so accessible, so human, so normal size compared yeah. to some of the great players in the history of our game that, that I think people connect with him in a very different way than they might connect with somebody who's, you know, seven feet tall and Exactly. Hey, uh, Rick, stay with us one last minute. We're just going to uh, cut to a break, and then we'll have you on for a little bit longer, and then we'll say goodbye. Okay, so here's our second trivia question. What are the three biggest sporting events commanded by television audiences? All right? If you can get them in order, you get an extra special oh, bonus. Okay. All right? Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. 
How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this. So call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at PacificMoneyFund.com. Are you wasting hundreds of dollars each year on contact lenses? Would you like to see clearly again without reading glasses? LASIK treats only the surface of the eye and is healthier and safer than wearing contact lenses long term. Dr. Robert Lin had LASIK himself and still sees 2020 and has performed over 40,000 LASIK procedures over the last 18 years. Find out more at IQLaserVision.com. That's IQLaserVision.com. IQ Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com, your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. You can now hear your favorite Sports Byline USA Network shows while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. The latest episode is always available. Stitcher brings radio and podcast listeners a better way to listen to their favorite shows and helps them discover new content. Stitcher delivers personalized audio streams on demand right on your smartphone. Available for your iPhone, Android phones, WebOS phones, or your BlackBerry. Stitcher is also available in some GM and Ford dashboard systems. Downloading is easy. Go to Stitcher.com or check out your app store. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our second trivia question. What are the three biggest sporting events commanded by television audiences? And unfortunately, I can't say the Warriors are in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, well, I don't know about what, what you think, Rick. I imagine Super Bowl is number one. Uh, no. No? I guess World Cup. Oh, World, well, from, yes. Yeah, okay. World Cup. Okay. okay. So, I, I'm thinking of the United States. Okay. World Cup but, was number two. What was number one? Summer Olympics. Oh, Summer Olympics. And the last one? World Series? Nope. Formula One racing. You're kidding me. Uh, but amazing? this is for the world. Yeah, well, it says commanded by television audiences, so yeah, that's, that's it's all around yeah, the world. That's a trick question again, Edward. <laughs> Jeez, he does this to me all the time, Rick. He tricks me with these questions. Well, I, I got I to keep Bruce interested uh, here. Okay, so we have Rick Waltz from the uh, from the Warriors, Warriors on the yes. uh, on the air, team president, and, team president. Yes, and uh, one of the th- questions I wanted to ask you is: 
do you think the season is too long? And the reason I'm asking that is that, you know, with all the traveling going on uh, all the time and, and coast to coast and all that, uh, it seems like these players are, are just, sometimes they're just exhausted. Well, it's, uh, you know, I guess it's the eye of the beholder. I, I don't know that anyone, if you were starting from scratch, wouldn't think a shorter uh, season would make sense. We've, we took, we've done a few things. We, uh, we've lengthened the All-Star break, which gives players an, a, a better rest yeah. season. Uh, one of the points that's under discussion with the Players Association in our next deal is whether or not we want to take what's now about a month-long preseason, shorten that, shorten the number of preseason games, and add in mm-hmm. more days off uh, through the season as a result of, of, of a shorter uh, preseason. I think both those ideas, uh, one we've done, one has a lot of merit. I, you know, Steve Kerr went to our players uh, last week and finally addressed Chase for the all-time NBA record uh, in wins and said, guys, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. Does anybody feel like you want to take a rest, or are you guys more interested in going for it? And to a man, uh, every player said, you know, we, we we feel fine. We're going. We want to go for the record. Mm-hmm. We want to own the you know, have a chance at owning the best record in the history. Yeah, and I gotta say, from a fan standpoint too, you know, we want to see good basketball. You know, we want to see high percentage shots, and and it's kind of sad when you see some of these guys who just you just know that they need a break, and yet they're they're constantly playing. Yeah, I don't think you see that on our team, though. You know, we don't have any player that's playing you know, more than 35 minutes a game. You know, Steph, yeah. Curry, Steph Curry's had the luxury of sitting out a whole bunch of fourth quarters. True. Well, that's because you're so deep. Now, that's you know? the advantage. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons. And, again, if we talk about the Warriors revolutionizing the game. You have teams, a lot of teams only have maybe three guys that they depend on coming off the bench. The Warriors use five, six, sometimes seven guys. So, you, Rick, it really is the team uh, sport in the purest sense of the word, the way your club uh, approaches it. Plus, he's had some injuries. Yeah, uh, you know, Steve Kerr came in and uh, and put the slogan on the, the locker room wall: "Strength in numbers." When he got here, and I mm-hmm. think that's from his time in Chicago, his time in San Antonio. That's what he really believes. Every you need to have every player on the roster have a chance to contribute and be able to contribute. And if you do have that, then you really do have as you call it, the luxury of, of being to play your, your, your star players. Yeah, before we let you go, i got to ask you about a corporate sponsorship and the relationship you have to have in the community with some of the, the big sponsors. And I don't know if fans realize how important that is, not only from a revenue-generating standpoint, but just to, to kind of bring in the sort of sponsors that are going to you know represent your uh, culture and your company and, and that you feel comfortable with. And that's a big part of what you do, I would think, isn't it? It is. It's, and it's a big part of how people perceive uh, the franchise. You know, the, the company you keep really is important. Also, the, the ability to kind of magnify uh, or amplify your message to, to a lot of different consumers. You know, we just concluded a deal, 20-year deal with uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, naming rights partner on our brand-new arena in San Francisco, which will be called the Chase Center. And one of the biggest considerations there, uh, aside from the economics, was, you know, their huge customer base, and you know, they have a similar relationship, uh, although not the name of the building, with Madison Square Garden in New York, and their ability to generate interest by using that relationship to all the people that they touch in their business just, just is, a, is a wonderful way to spread the Warriors' word and, and hopefully make our franchise very successful. 
Well, it's interesting, you know, when, when we, when we, you know, as a fan watching TV and watching Comcast Sports, a lot of times, you know, there's commercials with you on um, with City National Bank, and you know, a lot of people don't even know about City National. Small, they're, small. they're actually uh, one of my our favorite sponsors, and their relationships continue for the next two years. But uh, at that point, uh, uh, Chase will step into that role. They're they're an amazing uh, LA based uh, bank. Uh, and a wonderful partner to the Warriors. They don't even want to take the commercials off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I got to ask you, Rick. You know, you started off at about as humble a, a position as anybody could. You, you were just a kid, I believe, in high school as a ball boy with the Seattle SuperSonics. Did you envision in the back of your mind when you were doing this? Hey, I'd kind of like to make a career out of working in the NBA somehow, some way. Sure, he had the confidence. He knew who, <laughs> he knew he could do the job. But, but I mean, I, you, a couple of things about that. Yeah. One, I really, it, it, I, it's the laugh line for every introduction for me of all for all time, having been a ball boy. But to tell you the truth, there are very few people who get to do what I get to do every day. Whoever had the experience uh, of being a fly on the wall in an NBA locker room and seeing the interaction between players and coaches and media, owners, agents, training staff, and see how those dynamics affect uh, a team for mm-hmm. good or for bad. Mm-hmm. I really you know, rely a lot on the experience I had as a 16, 17-year-old kid. Um, what I, I think the other thing, you know, the Sonics were the first NBA franchise, our first professional franchise in Seattle. My dad and I uh, kind of bonded through our, our sports participation, and he would take me to games. And even in those very early years of the Sonics, there was something going on there that I thought was really special, the connection a team has with people in the city it represents. And uh, you don't find that in any other aspect of our life today where, where you know, 18,000 people who have nothing in common except their shared interest in a team get together and, and cheer for a common goal uh, in person. There's something, I think, that a place that sports occupies that I really, from a very young kid, thought that I wanted to be a part of. You know, it's interesting, too, talking about your Seattle experience, and I had a chance, as I mentioned, to to work in Seattle uh, for about a year and covered the team right after they won the championship. And for those that don't remember this, and this is going back a few years, the Sonics for a couple of years played their games in the Kingdom, which could seat up to 40,000 people for a, a basketball game. And, in fact, you did get 40,000 fans once in a while for NBA games. That's incredible. Yeah, that that uh, that record still stands. Uh, season record for attendance. Uh, for That'll be my next trivia question. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, that must have been fun though to be a part of that. I mean, the whole city was really behind the Sonics, literally, figuratively, and in every sense of the word. They called it the sixth man instead yeah. of the eleventh. You know, the twelfth man. Uh, for the, uh, what was that like though? Being in a, being a part of an organization where you had that much. I mean, it's very similar, I guess, to the Warriors situation here, and that, that the communities, all the communities in the Bay Area, have sort of taken you in as one of their own. Yeah, that, that it was a uh, it was a you know different but wonderful ride. I don't know if you remember that first year that we went to the NBA Finals and lost to the Washington Bullets. Uh, we started that. Bill Russell had been our coach the year before. Bill was fired, and we brought in. If you, here's a trivia question: Who was the coach after Bill Russell? It was his cousin, a guy by the name of Bob Hopkins. Twenty-two games into the NBA season under Bob Hopkins. First record in the NBA. We were five and seventeen. Wow. And, uh, Bob was fired. Lenny Wilkins was hired as coach. And that year, we went to the NBA Finals after starting at five and seventeen. That's amazing. That's, that is amazing. And the next year, came back and uh, and won the championship also against the Bullets. So those were those were a couple of really 
magical years. And I feel I feel sad though when I think about those teams because John Johnson, who was an outstanding player on those teams, died recently. Dennis Johnson is no longer around. It just makes you realize how how the fragility of life, uh, you know, and, and and you forge these relationships with these players. You get to know them over the years. You work with them. And then they, you know, they move on to other fields, and then, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, they die, and it just sort of brings it all back to life, how, how much of a people business this truly is. It is, and those teams, when you have that kind of success, they stay in touch. I talked to, mm-hmm. you know, this, just this week, I talked to Fred Brown last week, I talked to Gus Williams, both players on that, on, on those uh, Sonics teams. So it, it's, uh, you know, if you accomplish great things in sports, there's a bond there that uh, is maybe unlike any you would, really have in any other industry and yeah it's sad to, sad to see some of those guys go but uh, but they also were a part of something really wonderful yeah well rick it's been such a pleasure having you on i want to congratulate you and the warriors on, on a great season we hope that uh, that you have an encore and, and win it all this year i guess uh, you know the next month and a half is going to be some some exciting times for everybody let's listen our, i'm already saying three p <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! One at a time. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> great, to, great to have you with us, Rick. Appreciate your your checking in, and uh, we'll we'll do this again sometime. Yeah, Thank you so much, Rick, for joining us. That, okay. That's Rick Wilts, the president of the Golden State Warriors. Good guy, and again, nice. uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. We we talked about it before, uh, Edward, about how this guy started his career as a ball boy, and you you talk about the Horatio Alger story. You know, rags to riches. I mean, now he's the president of. Arguably, the uh, one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA, which is a great story. Well, it's amazing how I, what I thought was really interesting is the fact that he uh, specifically talked about his experiences as being a fifteen to sixteen, seventeen year old kid, but seeing so much in the locker room that he gleaned from that, and yeah. that's probably a big reason why he was able to achieve what he achieved being president. Now, it's so much fun though thinking about that team that he got to be a part of, and he was later the PR director of, and the team that I covered, the first NBA team that I really got to cover closely was the Seattle Supersonics the year they won the championship and the year after they won the championship. And when you're around a team that has that kind of success, Edward, and you're around them every day, you're at practice, you're watching the games uh, in person, and you're getting to know the players, there really is a a very special connection. And and I think fans who follow the Warriors or who follow any team that's successful – appreciate that and realize they don't take it for granted because you know championship seasons don't happen that often yeah i think one of the things i really appreciate it's kind of funny because i think steve kerr kind of did a little bit of a laugh uh you know on the sideline was there sometimes they pass too much it, sometimes it's too oh, un- yeah. unselfish oh the other day steph curry made you know he tried to do a behind the back between yeah. the legs pass and it was like what are you doing? You know, he <laughs> threw the ball away. But he was—it was almost like he was trying to outdo himself. Then, then they—you uh, know—you never see Curry stuff the ball because he's six yeah. three and it, he doesn't really need to do that. On a breakaway, he—he he was upset because he had missed an easy shot on the previous uh, possession, so he went over a six foot six inch swingman and stuffed it. And I've never heard such a noise yeah. uh, from a crowd. If I remember correctly, the play before. He he, the shot he missed, he got fouled. He got yeah, hit oh, in the that's head, right. He got hit, and, in the hand, and yeah. it didn't get uh, didn't, didn't get, get called. called. No, it, it's just pretty rare. It, it, well, the thing I think is that I really appreciate is his demeanor. That even if uh, ref misses a call, uh, you know, he just kind of smiles and he shows just Shrugs a little tiny, yeah, just a little frustration. Draymond you know? Green a little different. Draymond <laughs> is more the emotional guy. He'll get a technical once in a while. Draymond is a very, I think Draymond Green is the sort of the straw that stirs the Warriors' drink. Though he's the guy that that lights a fire on them. And Steph Curry is the kind of the calming, 
influence whenever they need that big shot, whenever they need somebody to sort of quiet the team down on the floor and just calm them down, then they look to Steph yeah. Curry. Well, I love The thing I love about Iguodala, which he hasn't played for quite a while now because of his injury, but uh, is that he, he he's just a very honest person so that if he commits a foul and he gets called for it, that's it. No big deal. But if he really knows that he didn't commit a foul, it'll be kind of the, 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 the hands going up like, what? No, 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 no. It's not a foul. Can we you know, yeah. undo that? How can you call a foul on me? How dare you call a foul on me? <laughs> Don't worry. I'll call him on myself if yeah. I foul. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to cut to our last commercial break here. Trivia question uh, theme is odd sports facts. We had two odd ones. Now, no, here's yeah. our third one. In 2012, the winner of the of the Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest was Joey Chestnut, right. and he ate 68 hot dogs. In the first competition in 1984, the winner ate... How many hot dogs? Okay. Okay. And I'm going to see if you can guess within 10. Okay. Okay. Because I'm trying to get the exact amount is going to be pretty tough. All right. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. That's a sport? Yeah, sure. Hot dog (laughs) eating? You bet. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments on Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have 5,000, 10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Last trivia question. In 2012, the winner of the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. Which happens in Brooklyn, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, or Coney Island. Coney Island. Coney Island. Okay. Yeah. Was Joey Chestnut, and he ate 68 hot dogs. Mm. Now, the first competition was 1984. The winner ate how many hot dogs? 42. You ready for this? Yeah. Nine and a half. Nine and a half? <laughs> How can you win with only nine and a half? You and I can win. I know. You and I can eat more than nine and a half. Well, worried. they must, they must have been giant hot dogs, huh? Uh, no, they're, apparently they were the same. Nine and a half. Maybe there was only one guy. Seriously, <laughs> contest after nine and a half. He goes. Oh my he goes. God. Listen, I'm going to win anyway. I'm done. Jeez. <laughs> I I thought that was re- I thought that was really interesting wow. too. That's yeah. a big difference between nine and a half and sixty-eight. Yeah, there's a big difference. And yeah, you were saying that Joey Chestnut—he looks like a normal, normal guy. normal guy. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's just an average-sized guy. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Rick Welts, that was great uh, having him on. Yeah, an interesting Good insight. guy. Interesting guy. Some, you know, as I said, uh, a lot of responsibility running the front office of, of any sports franchise. But when you got a team that's. Uh, in, you know, front and center at the top of the league and defending championship, uh, boy, that's got to be a lot of fun. Oh, oh I, I pay to have his job. Yeah. Okay, here's our closing uh, thoughts for the day here. In July 1934, Babe Ruth paid a fan $20 for the return of the baseball he hit for his 700th career home run. Cool, I like see, that. See, even back then, yeah. home run balls were extra yeah, valuable. of course right? they were, yeah. And... Racehorses have been known to wear out shoes in one race. Wow, that's a that, that one race. That's yeah. I, I wow. I, I don't understand how that. I don't how they can I, wear. I, 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 don't I they wear regular metal yeah, metal shoes? Got me. I can't figure that one out. For I don't get me. it either. Okay, yeah. so tune in next week to Sports Econ One Hundred and One. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective, giving away more free vacations for answering sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown, and we'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.